I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. What is happening? It's the Wong Takes. You know it. You love it. Right here, right now. On June 26th, 2018, episode 51 of our journey. The summer is moving along. I hope y'all are having a good summer so far. I certainly am. Just chilling at the Casa. Uh, record podcasts. Well, once a week. Um, watching watching a lot of World Cup soccer. Now that I finally can. It's, it's a great feeling. Uh, of course, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, I, you know, just doing me. And that's what we can all ask for, right? It's the summertime. Uh, so let's kick it with y'all. Um, and, and we, we're, the next few weeks, the show, I mean, I remember last year when we started, started doing the show in the summer, it's kind of a, kind of a slow news time, you know, my major topics topping out at like four or five minutes. Now, obviously we're going longer. Uh, and, and I don't know if we're going to come back to that a little bit in the summer or how this is going to work. Uh, if you follow the outlines, not really taken to outline as much, uh, right now. But, you know, anyway, we're going to keep keep moving on. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see some format changes. Probably, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll see in the future. Uh, I've, I've been thinking about maybe venturing off into non-sports stuff. Uh, just let me know if you want that. Uh, I, I'm always down to do it. Uh, it. It's a lot of fun. I just, it's just I like to replicate. Part of the reason I started this is just I like to replicate uh, the kind of stuff that I get to do on a regular basis uh, with friends, with uh, adults just scrolling through the interwebs I like to, to kind of replicate those conversations and get them on air and, and kind of talk about just you know what's going on uh, the longest intro I've had in a while uh, so without further ado why don't we get underway big deal that happened this week uh, I don't think anyone would dispute that uh, the NBA draft took place Thursday, last Thursday night, uh, and there's a lot to get to there. Uh, first of all, just great run show as always. I remain a fan of, or a I'm on the hype train of Adam Silver Daps. Uh, I personally think it's hilarious watching a guy like him, if you know what I mean, just uh, with, with the nice handshakes uh, and with his clientele. I appreciate it. I think he's actually kind of refined it over the years. Uh, it's gotten a lot smoother. Looks a lot less forced. I think the players are used to it to some extent, although uh, some some of them appear to taken aback. But for the for the most part, players are kind of used to what they, what they expect when they get up on that stage. Um, and also, I'd like to make a plug. Uh, just something I saw this week. If you haven't seen. Adam Silver's interviews with C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers about the state of the NBA, uh, Commissioner to Player Conversation. Highly recommend watching them. They're very interesting views. Um, McCollum uh, went to college for four years, got a degree, very articulate guy. Um, and they have really interesting conversations about, about the league, and it's the kind of transparency that you're not really used to seeing in pro sports. Like, the NFL for sure doesn't have that. The MLB is leaning toward it a little bit, but the NBA has dove uh, headfirst into these type of PR stuff. Uh, and, and it's a very interesting watch. So Players Tribune, CJ McCollum, uh, interviews Adam Silver, would like to plug. 
Anyway, moving on to the draft itself. Uh, first order of business is the number one overall pick, but by extension, the team that picked him. Uh, the Phoenix Suns had a great draft. Um, DeAndre Ayton was the first overall pick, and uh, if I just like pull up his his stats real quick, I mean this guy is like a freak of nature. I think he has a seven five wingspan. Uh, he's seven one, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, born in Nassau, Bahamas, and came to the University of Arizona under coach Sean Miller. A disappointing first round exit in the NCAA tournament to Buffalo. Uh, well, many of us remember that. Uh, but still a phenomenal talent, uh, and, and he is just by his size and his skill set, even if he doesn't reach his full potential, he's got a high floor, and, and I think that's why the Suns took him, um, because of his undeniable talent, and he is going to bring bring that franchise up with him. Uh, I think that he will have an immediate impact just because of his skill set, I mean, he is almost NBA ready now, and there's and he's going to provide a nice compliment to Devin Booker, who is their bona fide all-star uh, on the come-up, will be a great player, scored 70 in a, in a game last year. Their other pick, uh, the Suns, from the first round, was Mikhail Bridges. Uh, he had a really good story going. He was going to get drafted by the Sixers, where his mom worked. Uh, and he was going to be able to play for his hometown team. Unfortunately, that did not come to fruition as the Sixers traded him to the Suns. Uh, but he will still have a good landing spot, Mikel Bridges. He differs from a lot of the guys who were picked early in the draft because... Excuse that. Uh, picked earlier in the draft because... He played three years in college, um, something you don't see too often these days. And for him, that was a good thing because we his junior year was really a breakout year. He went from averaging uh, 6.4 points a game in his freshman year to 9.8 games in his sophomore year and then 17.7 uh, points per game in his junior year winning NCAA All-Tournament, courtesy sports reference. Uh, he also had highs in uh, rebound, total rebounds, both offensive and defensive. Uh, he is going to be a big force for the Suns. Also, he had a uptick in three-point shots in his junior year, uh, making 2.6 per game and averaging six per game, so it's an average of 435. You know, not not bad at all. Uh, that would put him in probably the top five in the NBA. So great guy to spread the floor. Uh, the Suns have are building a good young core led by guys like Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, the pick out of Kansas uh, from last year. So I'm excited, the Suns. Uh, they had a poor year last year, obviously getting the number one pick in the draft. But, you know, they've got young talent, uh, great staff, uh, and I'm excited to see how, how the Suns are going to fare next year. Uh, next would be Marvin Bagley III, pick out of Duke, going second to the Sacramento Kings. Now the Kings are not as, I'm not as bullish on the Kings as I am on the Suns. If you look at their starting lineup, projected starting lineup, uh, according to ESPN, Darren Fox, okay, solid player, Frank Mason III, his backup, another solid player, but no really all, or major stars there. 
Bogdanovich is their shooting guard, kind of a cult hero. I, I'd enjoy his time on the Nets in particular. Uh, and they got a lot of guys that are kind of mediocre at the shooting guard position. Buddy Heal, Damon Shumper, Vince Carter, 50-year-old Vince Carter. Uh, Garrett Temple at small forward. No one's going to blow you away. Uh, power forward, now they're stacked. So Zach Randolph, uh, obviously not in his peak anymore, but still a productive NBA big man. And now you add Marvin Bagley into the mix. Uh, I could see Zach Randolph kind of training Marvin Bagley. I mean, Marvin Bagley's a pretty skilled guy already. Uh, but Randolph getting his reputation in Memphis as the grit and grind kind of guy uh, can maybe teach Bagley some of the tricks to trade at the pro level. Uh, and, I, and I think that's good for... Because Zach Randolph's aging. I mean, like, how old is he, Zach Randolph? 36 years old. I mean, he's not getting any younger. So... He's a good person to to take Bagley under his wing and kind of get him adapted to the NBA, where he obviously has talent. Um, and then center Willie Cully Stein, a young player, but not no one that's going to super blow you away. So the Kings, they they're Marvin Bagley's not going to raise their franchise right away, but you you bring that star power in a little bit, and there have been some crazy rumors going around and. You know, next week we might have him making his decision, so that will be the first thing we talk about. Uh, but LeBron to the Kings is not something that's been totally ruled out. Um, <laughs> they're buying billboards to try to bring him there and whatnot. So uh, that that's what Bagley can hopefully bring to the Kings for, for Sacramento fans. The Golden One Center, threats of moving and all of that jazz. So solid pick for Sacramento, but I actually am a bigger fan of the third pick, who ended up get, getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic. Uh, I started talking about this last week, but if you missed last week, my point was essentially that Doncic, unlike much of these guys, these guys have been playing at the college level, where you get players, the majority, like the very, very large majority of NCAA basketball players won't make it to the pros. Um... But when you play against, like Doncic did, and, and you play against European in pro leagues, like uh, Eurobasket uh, and, and his domestic league, you get pro experience. You're playing against people that are getting paid to play basketball. Uh, these, these are all pro players. I don't think that experience is to be understated. Uh, Doncic... Much of much was made about when he had a bad game, he didn't score a ton of points or stuff the stashy totally. But I think if you took a lot of these prospects, guys like Anthony Simmons, uh, guys like that didn't really, Michael Porter Jr., that didn't really get too much experience in college, they might put up similar numbers right away when you're playing against pros. So I don't think that's too big of a concern. And I, I think that pro readiness is really going to help him. He's used to all of the travel and not to say that these college players aren't, but he's just done it for longer. I mean, he's been a pro since he was like, what, 15, 16? Uh, here he, he, he knows how agents work. He knows the environment. Uh, he's not going to be intimidated by other people that are getting paid to play basketball. Uh, and I'm excited for what he can bring the Mavs. He already is a veteran, per se, in a rookie's body. He's got a great... Uh, core to help him out or not a core but he's got great people to help him out in Dallas Mark Cuban one of the, like the NBA's longest reigning execs uh is going to teach him the tricks to trade Dirk Nowitzki obviously uh riding off 
into the sunset is going to be able to uh, help power Doncic's rise. Dirk's 40 years old. Um, he's he's going to retire in a few years. He can kind of hand off the reins to John T- Doncic a little bit. But I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, I mean, this guy has phenomenal, uh, I think, his court vision, and he's ready to make the transition into the pros uh, and start contributing right away, unlike many of these players who need to maybe rest a year or redshirt, so to speak. That's why he's drafted so high. Um, Another player, I'm actually going to, unfortunately, sorry, skip over Jaron Jackson Jr. because I don't really know very much about him. But uh, Trey Young, who will end up on the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young, I think he fits the the Atlanta style. I mean, he's pretty flashy, not afraid to get himself out there. He was in a Foot Locker commercial with Langelo Ball on draft night. Uh, and his time at college at Oklahoma, obviously filled with three-point shooting. Um, and he'll have a cast that can enable him to do that in Atlanta. I mean, you don't have too many big names on the Hawks roster right now. Uh, the biggest is like Dwayne Dedman or Dennis Schroeder. Uh, both great player or both good players, but no one to kind of steal all the spotlight from him. Uh, Kent Bazemore spent time with the Warriors in the past. I don't know if that 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 could mean something. I mean, it it it'll help to have a guy who's been in that system, uh, be able to kind of show you the ropes and what it's like to shoot in the NBA. I fully expect Trey Young to have the green light, so to speak, in Atlanta. I don't think they're going to want to hold him back. If you take a shooter like that that high, uh, you clearly expect him to come in and do what he does best. If you take him in like the second round, then you're kind of sending a message like, okay, you kind of have to be a team player a little bit. But if you take a guy this high, you're taking him for his talent, and you're taking him for what he does best, which is shoot deep threes, uh, light up a crowd, light up another team. Uh, and I think Trey Young will have the opportunity to do that in Atlanta. So I'm very excited uh, to see to see what happens with him. A couple other picks that I wanted to go over. Uh, I I think the Kevin Knox to the Knicks pick at nine was very interesting. Uh, when when they actually I noticed when they picked Kevin Knox. If you go back and listen to the listen to the audio. Adam Silver almost sounds surprised. I mean, when when Kevin Knox got picked, you still had guys like Mikael Bridges, Michael Porter, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Miles Bridges. Uh, those guys were all still on the board when Kevin Knox got picked. And what they're clearly looking at with, with Kevin is his upside. Uh, he only had a year at Kentucky, but I actually really liked him. I mean, I picked Kentucky to get to my Final Four. Uh because he just, I don't know, he just generally seemed more composed. Uh, he seemed like he knew what he was doing on the floor. He's able to look for his shot, nice little mid-range. He can hit the three as well. Um, and he can bring a nice presence to New York. Uh, I think he's ready to face the bright lights. I mean, he went to Kentucky, the brightest, um, brightest lights there are in college uh, under Coach Cal. Uh, he did get booed, like Porzingis, which was marked or symbolized by Adam Silver's surprise at the pick. Uh, and, but, you know, a familiar that's a familiar sight. I mean, they brought the guy, the kid, who booed at Porzingis a few years ago, they brought him back to the draft and he booed again, so Kevin Knox is going to be an all-star now because they booed him uh, like Porzingis. Uh, but right now, Kevin Knox can be a nice 
big man tandem with Porzingis. Porzingis, uh, they can both spread the floor. They're both guys that fit the mold of today's NBA. They're semi-big men uh, that can play down low and shoot the three. Porzingis, obviously, the unicorn, uh, so to speak, and, and a prime example of that. And he can work well with Kevin uh, as long as they spend time together, get to know each other's, get to know each other's game. Um, they're going to be a nice tandem, uh, I think, in New York. Uh, also, the pick that surprised a lot of people, not when it was picked, but when it was not picked, the 14th overall pick to the Denver Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. If you watch his highlight tape and stuff from McDonald's All-American, all that, Michael Porter is a phenomenal athlete. But his lack of experience in college, who would have thought it would have hurt him that much? Uh, only playing three games at the collegiate level. Um, but it, it does, it is true. Like I just said how Doncic, um, I think he'll do good well because of his pro experience. And Michael Porter, I think his lack of college experience could hurt him despite his raw talent. Um, but typically those type of things only hurt people in their first year or their second year. Um, but I think Michael Porter has enough talent to be able to carry that on to the next level. Um, and I think Denver made a wise investment in him taking him so late. I think they must have had him uh, at least relatively high in their draft board. They must have felt pretty lucky when he fell all the way to 14. Um, but for Denver, considering that they were just uh, one win away from being a playoff team and going up against the Houston Rockets in the first round of the playoffs this year. Um, and now they get to draft, sorry, get to draft Michael Porter Jr. Uh, not a bad, not a bad couple of months for the Denver Nuggets. Their future uh, is looking pretty good. If they can attract some better, uh, attract some more free agents, add, build the star power on their team, uh, along with uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, of course, the big man, uh, Paul Millsap, veteran presence. Uh, they're they're a good team. Uh, now just adding Michael Porter. They're not a super team, of course, but uh, they're a young up and comer that I can see attracting some big names over the course of the next couple of years. That's the NBA draft. Uh, I could talk more, but you know we don't don't need to. You guys can. Uh, continue to analyze. I've been looking at the draft board this entire time, going through depth charts, looking at the various stuffs, looking at stats, um, and and I look forward to it. The NBA has never stopped, man. You got right after the playoffs ends, you got the draft, then you got summer league, and then the season the season starts again. Uh, so that's I guess start of the new NBA year. Once again, I will preface this by saying I am no soccer expert. And yet, I've had a lot of time to watch the World Cup this week, uh, something I've been meaning to do. And I've caught some good stories from the last few days in Russia. So the first one to talk about is Germany's wild ride. Uh, the Germans were one of the favorites coming into this tournament after winning it four years ago. Kept a lot of their star power, and yet they were on the brink of elimination uh, or basically the brink of elimination against Sweden a few days ago. Saturday, I believe. Uh, and I'm never going to forget this. Uh, it was tied 1-1. Germany basically needing a goal to have a decent shot 
at advancing to the knockout stage. And up comes Tony Cross. Sets it up and a banger. Curls it into the side netting or yeah, side of the net. Probably the not right turn. Just a wonderful strike. Uh, and everyone at Costco that was watching, which was maybe like me and like five other people, we we're just all standing there with our hands on our heads, just like, oh my god, did you see that? To think the pressure to know that like five minutes into stoppage time, this is the last opportunity you're going to get. And just to know one kick determines your team's fate is something that is very tough to do. And yet, up comes Tony Kroos. A beautiful goal, and now Germany is alive and kicking. So, uh, the last match day for Group F, where Germany is, and as well as Mexico, uh, is tomorrow, I believe. Two good matches with Germany and South Korea, and then Sweden and Mexico. I believe the situation... Oh yeah, the situation is no one has advanced yet. Uh, Mexico has basically advanced because their goal differential is pretty good but they no one has officially advanced and it's germany and sweden in a dead heat tied on points tied on goal differential so it's who can win and who can win by more is what it's going to come down to uh on on match day three in group f meanwhile shout out to mexico man uh l3 handling germany in the first game that they played and handling South Korea in the second game that they played and avoiding a letdown after the Germany win, big win uh, for Mexico. I'm excited for them just representing North America because of course the USA failed to get in uh, and they sit pretty at the top of the group. Now the Germany Sweden result actually meant that they haven't officially advanced yet. Uh, if you take a look at the table, Mexico has six points, Germany has three, Sweden has three, Korea has zero, which means that if Germany and Sweden are both able to win their matches and both finish with a better goal differential than Mexico, then Mexico is relegated to third place uh, with all three teams having six points. But that's beside the point. Uh, Mexico has done a great job so far, but they need to be sure to come out with a sense of urgency in their third game uh, against Sweden because... They need to assume that they need to they control their own destiny, so they need to take fate out of their hand. Or, well, what's the phrase? They need to not trust fate and just handle their business, and they're going to move on to the knockout stage. Uh, and and congratulations to them. Um, in meanwhile, in Group G, England has surprisingly. Uh, gotten off to a great start. They haven't done well in the World Cup in recent years. I think their last win was around 50 years ago. But right now, they're sitting at the top of the group. They've already clinched a place in the knockout stage, and it's just going to come down to are they the winner or are they the runner-up, which does matter in terms of uh, bracket placement for the knockout stage. But they've scored eight goals in two games pretty remarkable uh although they did play tunisia and panama which are not the strongest of international competition and their real test is going to come against belgium uh i believe in two days but nonetheless still a good start to the tournament for the englishman uh and i think that confidence is is pretty is pretty key going into into the next game and the knockout rounds 
Uh, I think what's been surprising as a whole in general at this tournament is that the star power has showed up not very well. Uh, Spain and Portugal, who were expected to cruise through their group, barely survived, both of them, uh, each finishing with five points at the top of their table. Iran with four, Morocco with one. Um, and Portugal needed a, a late, or I think it was Portugal needed some luck to barely survive their one or match against Iran with a draw, Iran with a draw. Uh, Spain and Morocco ended with a draw as well. So it's it's tough for them. It's tough for everyone because these young these these younger countries are coming out and they're scrappy. Uh, Argentina barely advanced to the knockout round with a late goal. Um, by Marcos Rojo. That game just wrapped up where I am right now, where I'm sitting right now. And despite Lionel Messi, they weren't able to, they were barely able to clear the group. They only finished with four points, uh, one win, one draw, one loss. Uh, so I think the slate is definitely clean by the time you get to the knockout stage. Um, it's just one game to decide it. You don't have to be playing well going into it, although obviously it helps to have good form. Uh, just in general, but uh, they're they're gonna have a shot, and once you get to these stages, star power starts to mean a lot more, um, because it just takes one magnificent goal, one piece of really nice quality. I know he's a soccer term there, football term, uh, to advance to the next round. So as long as they get there, the the matches to watch or the groups to watch next week, or sorry, not next week, tomorrow is gonna be Brazil. Uh, in Group E, I already talked about Group F and Group G. So, exciting uh, World Cup, and we will... Let me check the schedule, but I think we're going to start talking about the knockout round next week. Alright, that was it for the major topics. Oh, yes, we will be talking about the knockout round next week. Um, but, let's go to the quick take. Ooh, interesting, juicy stuff. Bleacher Report says, Magic Johnson says, he will step down if the Lakers do not sign a top free agent in the next two years. If I've ever seen a veiled pitch to LeBron James or Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, I don't know what else there is. Um, but either way, yeah, no, the Lakers have high expectations being in L.A. You won't hear this kind of thing from a smaller market, say, uh, like Minnesota or OKC or Denver. But in L.A., you got to do stuff, and you got to do stuff quick, and Magic Johnson has a history of winning. Uh, Showtime Lakers, all that jazz. Uh, I said that twice today. Interesting. Uh, but either way, uh, no, for sure. The Lakers, where they are as a franchise, geographically, need to sign a top free agent just to make sure that they're still relevant. They haven't been good in a few years, which is very unusual um, in the purple and gold. So Magic has some angry fans to live up to, has some expectations he set himself to live up to. Uh, obviously, he's kind of just sending a message to himself as well. Um, but he's also sending a message to everyone else saying, look, guys, we got to get our act together. Um, this city is restless, and we need to be good. We need to bring some star power back to L.A. Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma isn't enough. Thank you so much for listening to The Long Takes. Do all the stuff. Fit.ly slash The Long Takes. Patreon.com slash The Long Takes. Long Takes at gmail.com. Read the podcast. iTunes. Google Play. Uh, subscribe. Send questions. Send voicemails. All of that. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in July, and I'll see you next week.